Hello, hello. Good morning. Happy Friday. Oh my goodness. We are at the weekend already. Honestly, I don't know how we're in August already. Anyone else? I I don't know how this happened. Um, anyway, you guys, we are going to talk about weapons this morning. And I am so excited about this conversation. And approximately one hour ago, I said, Vince, you want to hop on and let's talk about what it is that, that God is showing us right now. And he's like, sure. What do you have in mind? <laughs> so say hello to Vince. We don't get to do this very often, um, but we, we do work together on a regular basis. And so this is going to be fun. And God is doing something that I feel is, is unique and at the same time ancient. You know, I feel like this was always his plan to to have us walking together and displaying kingdom values by having the fivefold aligned, right? And, and we we haven't done that so well throughout. I think that we pick these kinds of things up and then we veer off and go in in opposite directions, but not today. We are going to align and, and, and move forward as one because that is what Jesus asked for. And the lamb of God is worthy to receive the reward of his suffering. This is what he prayed for you guys in, in um, John 17. He said, Father, I want what it is that we have between us. Let's, let's bring them in, right? Let's enfold them into this oneness and this union. And, and that is his dream. That is the big God dream, right? That we function as one. Now you may be thinking, I got this warfare thing down. Here's the deal. You might have it down as an individual, but can you stand shoulder to shoulder as a company, as a bride, a collective bride, as a body, properly carry the weapons that God has given you? Does what you have accentuate the one next to you? Are you capable of making room for the person next to you? Are you capable of sharing what it is that you carry with the people next to you? If what you're carrying isn't for all, then you have you have room for more revelation because that's where we're going. We're moving in a direction where we are required to pull people up to where we're standing. That is the God dream and the lamb is worthy to receive the reward of his suffering. So this is what we're going to do. I want to start by reading familiar scripture to you because we need to be reminded, right? We're going to start in 2 Corinthians 10. I feel like I have read this probably six or seven times this year alone on this broadcast, <laughs> but it's fine. I think that God is just nailing down some truth here. So we're going to start and uh, we're 2 Corinthians 10 and we are going to start, uh, I don't know, let's start in three. For although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. We do not fight against flesh and blood. I'm reading out the Passion Translation, so, you know, the language is a little bit different. But we do not fight against one another. If you have wronged me, my fight is still not against you. Right? This is what needs to be ingrained within us. Our knee-jerk reaction should become is going to become let me just let me just declare some things our knee-jerk reaction is going to become oh there's something sitting behind that that's influencing that decision right now that impacted my life my job is to wrangle the thing and force it to submit to the lordship of jesus christ not to hold you personally accountable to the thing that caused you to sin against me right because we walk in the ministry of forgiveness and reconciliation. Our job is to hold the enemy accountable to the things that are coming against the body, right? I'm not holding the part of the body against the body. That's ridiculous. If I have a hangnail, my heart isn't angry. Am I making a valid point? Do you understand? Can I get an amen? All right, let's read on. Okay, so we don't we don't fight against flesh and blood. We're using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. Love the footnote here. We've talked about it before. It actually means rebellious castles. Our weapons are 
intended to remove rebellious castles by which we hide. Anybody ever hidden? I know. I know. I have too. I, I have been hiding the majority of my life. I, I prefer to just kind of like oh, shrink back. No, I don't. That's not true. I don't prefer that. But that is a tendency that I have is to shrink back. And that is what our weapons are actually designed for is that we would remove those rebellious castles from one another's life so we can stand in fullness. Okay. I'm getting excited. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. Since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, just take a minute. We're just, just, we're just going to take a minute. You guys, we are armed with dynamic weaponry. We are armed with dynamic weaponry, okay? The enemy doesn't actually stand a chance unless we believe the lies that are being spewed, right? The enemy doesn't stand a chance unless we allow ourselves to become isolated and we believe that the company doesn't want us, right? We are armed with dynamic weaponry. We have to learn how to use it standing shoulder to shoulder, okay? We stand ready to punish any trace of rebellion as soon as you choose complete obedience. And I absolutely love this part that we actually have the opportunity to choose complete obedience. Or here at Another Life, we talk about radical obedience. It's just something that we default to. We are going to hear the word of the Lord. We are going to see what it is that he wants us to do. And we are going to do it right? Because we are, we're, we're uncovering those rebellious castles. We're not going to allow one another to hide. And actually we out one another around here. If we feel like God has said something over someone and we see them hiding, we're like, mm, no, you need to go do the thing, right? Mm -hmm. That's just what we do. It's just, it's in our nature to do that. But we are in the process of learning to handle this dynamic weaponry while standing side by side and not using it to carve out my own path of individualism. No, we are using it to blaze a trail for a company of lovers to accomplish what it is that Jesus set out for us to accomplish. He paid a price for a reason. And it wasn't so that we could go our own directions and make much of ourselves, right? That's not what it was for. Okay, I'm going to pause and I'm going to let Vince jump in here. Vince, do you have anything to say before we break down the vision? I can feel you like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, me, let me jump back over here. Uh, there was uh, something in there. The, the very end of that is, is just absolutely rich uh, with, with so much. Uh, um, since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry uh, and the, the nature of this dynamic weaponry means it doesn't have just a single function uh, with a weapon. It's dynamic. It can be uh, whatever it is you need it to be and you can apply it in any situation that you need to apply it in. So those gifts that you're given, you can turn into uh, any get single gift. You can turn into a weapon to uh, fit whatever, whatever is coming against you at that time. So that that's, that's one of the great things about uh, having a dynamic weapon. Uh, and, and really in verse five, we can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God. That's one of the, the problems that, that we've seen and even experienced is, you know, we, we create uh, separation and walls between us and God and, and they are an absolute fiction and only uh, exist within our own minds, mm. right? We're only enemies against God in our own minds. So this is a deceptive fantasy that we would fight or war against one another rather than standing with each other to fight in the spiritual realm, which is where the real enemy is, uh, defeated or not, he's still railing. Right. right. And so um, the, there is a, a fantasy there that says that uh, you don't have what it takes or uh, you are not equipped to fight. 
and you are. You have the dynamic weaponry weaponry to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good, so good. And I, I think that um, we have to keep that into perspective. When we are um, waging war against what it is that the enemy is doing, because it is it is finished. He is defeated, and he needs to be reminded of that on a regular basis. And when when we have when we have unholy thoughts that are coming against us, and we've talked about this before, but I, I feel like it's it's worth mentioning as often as possible, is that lies come from out here right? They, they come from out here and they come at you to, to entangle you or ensnare you into the, the deception that the enemy is carrying. Do you know that the, the enemy is actually carrying a plan for our life too, right? And that is to like, to deceive us, to get us to, to turn and see our, our image in another in a fallen way where we are designed to walk with God, to look into his face, to know who it is that we are. And when we turn to find our image in another, we're taking on the affections of another lover. And that's not what we are designed to do. There is freedom in Christ. And so those lies that are coming against us that want to isolate we have to fight. We have to capture those things and, and and hold them accountable. You cannot come at me with such lies because I belong to the body of Christ. And I feel like we just need to get a little militant about these things and, and not allow ourselves to be so easily thrown off course. Now, th- I, I, am, I am not coming at you from a place of like peace right now because I have... I have been under an onslaught this week, especially it is really ramped up to the point where um, the intentions of the enemy over my life right now is to get me completely derailed and believing that the people who I am to be aligned with right now are against me. And, and this is the tactic of the enemy, right? Is to make us believe that the body is rejecting us. Now, the reason we want to talk about this right now is because God is retraining us to walk as a company. Now, that's how we started this conversation. And I want to share with you a vision that I had. And I shared this on Invictus on on that broadcast on Tuesday, but we didn't really have time to get into details on it. So that's why we're doing this this morning, because I feel like it's so important that we understand what it is that God is. You can tell by the way that my hands are just flailing all over the place. Like energized I am about this conversation because I love unity. I love unity so much. And um, so I had this vision. And and in the vision, it was a um it was a a, a military people, and they were dressed in fatigues, and they were running through what looked like a, a wooded area to me. And um, and like it was it, it was rough terrain, like it wasn't just, you know. It wasn't those those pictures that we have of those pasture like valleys where, you know, we're going to go lie down with the shepherd and, you know, it wasn't like that at all. We're not going to walk past the blissful brooks, right? (laughs) That wasn't the scene. It was it was rough terrain and you couldn't see. Right. And and that's what we've talked about so much is is vision is seeing while you can. And so. In this, they were all lined up. It was a line of people. They were single file and they were running with weapons raised up straight up over their head and and they could not bring them down. They were to carry them above their head and they were just running through with a cadence. There was a cadence to what it was that they were doing. And and so I lay this before Vince. I was like, hey, this is what this is what God is showing me. And I want you to understand that this is this is what God is calling us into. You see, prophetic words alone are not going to cut it for where God is taking his body right now, right? Where he's taking his kingdom, where he's wanting to expand his kingdom and establish his kingdom. Prophetic words alone is not going to cut it. We need the strategic nature of an apostle to come in in the backside of that thing and breathe life and power on it and give it legs. And so I laid this book for Vince and I was like, Hey, what do you think God's saying about this? Like, where are we going? What what does this mean? And so, Vince, I just want to hand this thing over to you and let you break down what it is that God was showing you. Yeah. So the immediately uh, what I felt based off what what Angie had described was that it was a, a training scenario, and uh, 
because there is no tactical advantage to running with your weapon just raised straight over your head. Uh, so in that, what my immediate thought was is that there is corrective training where was uh, either a loss of a weapon, an improper use of a weapon, and that required a corrective training. And corrective training is applied to correct uh, certain behaviors that are going on that can really be detrimental. And in combat, if those behaviors persist, it could lead to a loss of life. And so this, whatever this was uh, that, that prompted this, uh, there was a, a big enough behavior that needed to be corrective with the company at large, with the, uh, across the entire formation there. And so uh, God was, uh, had everybody online, weapons over their head, running through the woods. And, and part of what I'm seeing with this training is the fact that when you're running through the woods in the way Angie saw it being very dense and thick, there are going to be things that are reaching out, trying to snag you, grab hold, keep you from being able to run in the cadence that she described. And so that is also part of the training is to understand that you have to keep your weapon clean. You have to maintain it, which, which really means, uh, like she's talking about, if this is a company, it means staying in oneness, staying mm -hmm. in connection with each other and staying in oneness and connection with Holy Spirit, which is going to allow you to be able to be further trained. Mm. And so that was the initial, uh, initial response that I had based off of, based off of that vision. Yeah. And, and I felt like when, when God was showing me this and, and, and I'm seeing these weapons raised above their head, uh, what I felt like I was saying too, is that so often we bring the weapons now, whether this is, this is spiritual giftings, those are weapons too, you guys, um, it, no matter what the weapon was that we often bring that into ourselves and then it, it becomes tainted. It becomes because we all have a, a filter or a lens by which we release things. And, and so I felt like what he was saying is like, I want my people to keep their weapons held high as if into the, the heavenly realm or into the kingdom realm where, where we understand and, 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 and almost even have reverence for what it is that God has gifted us and that we not just bring it down into ourselves and so quickly dismiss it and want the next new shiny thing, right? And, and so I felt like there was something about keeping it held high that would teach us to better regard what it is that, that God has gifted us. So I don't know, Vince, can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. So one of the, the, when you asked me this morning to uh, come on uh, and after reading back through that thread, the, the verse that jumped out to me was Proverbs 22, six, it says, dedicate your children to God and point them in the way that they should go. It could also be said to train them in the direction they are best suited to go. So God's given each of us gifts. And, and in this, he is training us uh, in the direction he wants us to go, in the direction he knows that is, is best for us and, and in alignment with how he's gifted us. And, and each person across the formation is going to be uh, gifted with different things that all uh, complement one another. And, and part of what I mentioned a, a, a few minutes ago about maintaining your weapon means uh, not getting it dirty. And that was another part of, of this is the fact that um, correct, being corrected in the training, in the use of it. So there's been a, a mixture that has been brought into and has uh, somewhat soiled the weapon. And so it wasn't properly maintained. And so mm -hmm. what you're speaking to about holding it higher, keeping it up in the heavenlies is going to keep it out of what has been uh, brought and mixed in because yeah. we haven't, we haven't listened to the training in the way that we should go mm -hmm. and we haven't taken it to, to heart. Mm -hmm. And so one of the, the, the things with that is that everybody is bringing what they carry, what they've been gifted in there. And it is a personal responsibility to maintain our individual weapons so that in the group, we can all be sharpened so that we can all move forward together. Yeah, no, I think that's so good. And, and I, I also think that part of, 
part of, of keeping the weapon held high in, in, a, in a proper position is also speaking to allowing allowing what what it is that you carry to contribute to what I carry you know like it, it frees it up because I think so often that we we get into the snare of bringing giftings into ourselves and then putting them on a pedestal and unfortunately you guys we do go so far as to idolize the, the gift rather than the gifter he gives us gifts to make much of who he is not to make much of what it is that we're capable of carrying you know I mean it's like it, it's so idolatrous and God is, 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 is he's toppling idols right now because he is after a pure and spotless bride. And I do want to go to, um, I want to, I want to read, we're going to jump over to start in verse 12 of, we started in second Corinthians 10. Now I want to jump over to verse 12 and read through this because I think that it better explains what it is that, that God is after. <clears throat> Paul says, of course, we wouldn't dare to put ourselves in the same class or compare ourselves with those who rate themselves so highly. You know, he's talking about appropriately regarding who it is that we are and what we carry. They compare themselves to one another and make up their own standards to measure themselves by, and then they judge themselves by their own standards. Is this making sense? Like, I hope we're really gaining something from this because this is what it is that God is releasing and helping us to understand right now and very much what we're talking about here. What self-delusion, but but we are those who choose to limit our boasting to only the measure of the work to which God has appointed us. A measure that, by the way, has reached as far as you. And since you are within our assigned limits, we didn't overstep our boundaries of authority by being the first to announce to you the wonderful news of the anointed one. We're not trying to take credit for the ministry done by others going beyond the limits God set for us. Instead, our hope soars as your faith continues to grow, causing a great expansion of our ministry among you. Then we can go and preach the good news in the regions beyond you without trespassing on the ministry sphere of other laborers and what they have already done. For the one who boasts must boast in the Lord. So let's be clear. To have the Lord's approval and commendation is of greater value than bragging about oneself. We have become so individualistic in the church that it is, we have become territorial, you guys. And it's just, it's, it is a nasty stench for the Lord. He is after union. He is after, and honestly, it is the, the unity of the brethren, if I can speak in King James terms, right? That, that God is after right now. The yokes that we have allowed to come in and, and hold us, to bond us, are only going to be broken by the anointing that comes by way of the unity of the brethren. We have to assemble in this hour. And I, I, I feel like God is just being so serious about this. The old paradigm of me, 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 me has to end. That is, it is idolatry and God is over it. In fact, I would even go so far as calling it adultery. Like we have married ourselves to our giftings and made so much of them that they have become the lover that is taking up all of the room in our life. And in, in Revelation, <clears throat> in Revelations 2, when when um he, when he records the letters that Christ is writing to the churches, he says this in 2:2. I know all that you've done for me. You have worked hard and persevered. I love it that, that Jesus is responding to every part of this church. He sees everything as a whole. I know that you don't tolerate evil. You've tested those who claim to be apostles and proved they are not, for they were imposters. I also know how you have bravely endured trials and persecutions because of my name, yet you have not become discouraged. But I have this against you. You have abandoned the passionate love you had for me at the beginning. Think about how far you've fallen. Repent and do the works of love you did at first. What is he talking about here? You've abandoned the first 
love. You guys, this isn't just about singular love. It isn't just about Angie having intimacy with the Lord. This is about me regarding those to the left and right of me and and regarding that love as a company, making sure that everyone around me is experiencing that same intimacy. That is the first love he's talking about. We have to go back. We have to go back to the explosion of Holy Spirit on the scene in that upper room. We have to go back to that. They moved as one. They were compelled to function and operate as one. That is the love that he's speaking of here, a company of love, right? They had all things in common. And before you think that this is just household goods, you're wrong. It isn't. This isn't about household goods. This is about everything that he has gifted me. I am sharing with you because I'm holding the thing high above my head and it's available for all. I'm holding it open-handed so that what I carry compliments you so we can move powerfully as one and not become individualistic. That's what they were doing. They became individuals in their own minds. Nothing creates separation faster than believing that you are on a mission by yourself. And we know that separation is the greatest lie that has ever hit humanity. Union is what has got is what is on God's mind. And then he says, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place of influence if you do not repent. So if you do not think that God is being severe in this hour, you have missed it. It is the re- revelation of this hour. He's coming with severity because he loves us. His love is fiery. And and we know that at the end of Song of Songs in chapter eight, when he is talking about what his love feels like, that it is is a raging fire, an unrelenting fire. You understand that for those who do not align themselves rightly as a company of lovers will experience his love as hell. But for those of us who align themselves As a company of lovers, we will experience it as his overwhelming, approving love. He's not messing around right now. We need to understand what it is that he's doing and releasing. And he's being so severe because of what it is that he's going to release. You guys, we know that in the last days, he's going to pour out his spirit in a way that we will not be able to control. And in the church, we have loved to control and contain Holy Spirit. And it won't be, we won't be able to. Are you ready for that kind of outpouring? Are we ready for that kind of outpouring? Are you willing to stand in fullness and also regard those around you? See, it has to become the most important thing that we're all experiencing the union of the bridegroom. All, we all have to be aligned at the same time, moving forward and, 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 and quick to bring correction, quick to hold one another accountable. If Vince, Vince and I work together, so if Vince is getting off track, my job is to be like, whoa, what are you doing? That's not who you are. That's not who I, that's not who I know you to be. And the other thing is, it's like the moment that God has offered new revelation about those that are around us, our job is to quickly upgrade who we know them to be, to align with the word of the Lord. Because in order to hold each other accountable, we have to have fresh revelation of each other. What it is that we carry, because we won't know how to lean into one another. We won't know how to walk together. We have to continue to to advance, but we won't be able to do that if we don't have fresh revelation of what it is that each of us carry. You guys, I hope you're grabbing this. I hope you're grabbing this. This This is so important right now that we understand the power of our union, of our oneness, that we have to know what one another carries because we do not, we do not want to be the people who, who God has to come and remove the lampstand. I'm not going to be that people. We have to be those who are willing to hold one another accountable to the call. That we will walk as lovers. That we will be those who return. Let's hold each other accountable to that call. Vince? 
Yeah, in that there's going to come, <clears throat> excuse me, there's going to come a day where we are presented with the opportunity to step in as spiritual mothers and fathers to future generations. And we have to be ready to uh, train them in the direction they are best suited to go. And if we aren't right now standing together and pressing into oneness, we are not going to bring a complete and full picture into that opportunity. Yeah. We have to be together. We have to be ready and, and taking the lessons that, that we are learning right now, the correction that we are going through and bring that to future generations so they don't have to go through the same thing. They don't have to deal with the same mixture that we're seeing right now. They can step beyond that and move further than we are going to be able to go. Right. We have to be ready to lay hold of that opportunity because it is yeah. coming. It is yeah. absolutely coming. And so we have to be standing together in oneness now. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, you know, the big question here is, are you willing to be retrained? Right. I mean, I think that that's, that's, that's what this boils down to. Are we willing to admit that we don't know what we're doing for where we're going? We, we, arrogance will get us in trouble. Thinking that we have it all figured out will get us in trouble. We have to be those who are willing to say, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to handle these weapons right now. And, and, and I feel so compelled to, to say that for those of you who walk in the prophetic or are prophets, you need to be willing to say, I need to be retrained to rightly regard the voice of the Lord. We have, we have been frivolous with the words of the Lord. We have brought them into ourselves, allowed them to be run through our own filters, and they are coming out tainted words. And his, his voice should be clear and concise and should be advancing us as the body of Christ. We should be able to hand off words of the Lord to those around us who carry an apostolic anointing, trusting that God has, has made them, created them to put legs on. I love it that you said that, Pepper. The apostolic puts legs on the prophetic, and that is so true. It is so true. And we're seeing that play out right now. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. Like, we don't know what we're doing. We are so toddling in this. And this is a, a huge trust fall, if you will. And if you've ever been in youth group, you know what I'm talking about there. Like, oh, I'm going to trust you that you're going to catch me and whatever. Um, and, and, but we don't. We don't know what we're doing. But we are just going to be quick to obey. This is what God is showing us is we need to pull down the word of the Lord, submit it, right? I think as prophets, we so want to be known by our words, by the things that we speak. Like, um, I am the voice of the Lord. And I'm not negating that. That is that is powerful. But when we have created an idol out of the thing, it has just so lessened the power of the word of the Lord. And, and what we really need to be doing is saying, I am, I am the, I am the Oracle. I am the one who hears the word of the Lord. I am the one who sees, I have eyes to see, but I have a job to hand that thing off. Right? Like I can't attach myself to it. It can't become who I am. That, that word, that individual word, it, it has to be something that, that I hold and know that this belongs to the body of Christ. This belongs to the kingdom. And, and within that, we have right now, what God is doing here at Unedited Life is, is we have, we have the, the power and the understanding of intercession that we've, we've never walked in before. That that there is there is this threefold process that is happening. We hear what it is that the Lord is wanting to do, and and then and we hand that off to to Vince, 
who who is an apostle and he's able to just deliberate with the Lord on that and and really like what is the strategy that you have in this and then we bring pepper everybody say hi to pepper pepper is powerful and if you've never sat under 45 minutes of pepper's prayers you're missing out i'm sorry um and then and then pepper just goes out and she begins to clear the territory that it is that that god is taking us into and you guys i'm telling you i have never experienced anything like this in my life where we're going is is just this new paradigm of kingdom that God is unveiling for us. And I am ecstatic about it. And that is going to be able to enable us to somewhat, if I can loosely say, package up the paradigm and hand it off to those who are over our local houses that we call church. And and that they can also walk in that dynamic weaponry that God is releasing on the earth. So we have our pastors and our teachers and the evangelists, and it's going to enable evangelists to go out with a clarion call to draw people into what it is that God is doing. And this becomes an unadulterated, pure word move of the Lord. And it is going to be powerful powerful to the point where God has shown us from the, from the conception of unedited life that it will have atomic power on it. He has shown, and I am not making much of unedited life right now. I am making much of the kingdom of God. You are all included. If you are listening, go ahead, insert yourself. I want you to, there is an invitation, insert yourself into this because it's what he's releasing to the kingdom. We have to become kingdom minded. We are kings and priests, and we need to start acting like it. We do two different things. We sit on the edge of a spectrum on each end. This is us. We are so duplistic. This is us. Woe is me. Little is me. And then we're like, I'm the answer to everything right? And what we need to do is come together, do away with this spectrum altogether and walk as a company of kings and priests. Let's make much of the kingdom because the kingdom of God is advancing right now. Do you know what God said to me? You know where Jesus was like the the kingdom and we talked about this in church one Sunday, but um, where he talked about the kingdom of heaven how does that go? All of a sudden I just went blank. What am I talking about? Give me a second. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? It just like the kingdom of God suffers violence, but it oh. is a violent that lay hold of it. Sorry. I had just like this complete blank. The kingdom of God suffers violence and it is the violent that lay hold of it. And what he was showing me on this particular Sunday is that the reason that it suffers violence is it is at the hand of his children that the kingdom suffers violence because they will not rightly lay hold of his kingdom, of the power that he has given us, that we wait for whatever reason. We are waiting to empower people. We want to we want to test them and make sure that you know they can walk this thing out right. But God is like kingdom requires power at conception. We we called ourselves the house of identity from the beginning. We we've called ourselves the house of identity and God came against that thing and he was like, "I never named you house of identity. I named you house of power. And if you're going to rightly understand what it is that I'm doing, you're going to have to lead with power. Power at conception." to rightly form identity. I'm going to say it again. Power at conception to rightly form identity. You cannot know who you are as a son of God without the power that we have as co-heirs. Jesus, right? Oh my gosh, let's make much of Jesus. Look what he's done. Look what he's done. He's like, everything is mine and I'm sharing it with you. Unfortunately, we've dropped the ball, right? We've dropped the ball. We haven't rightly regarded what it means to be kingdom people. We've withheld power to make much of ourselves rather than to make much of the body of Christ. No more.
Let's, let's just repent from that right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we have missed it. And we're so sorry we have. But from today, moving forward, we are going to be those who are mindful of what it is that you're doing. That we will raise up a company. We'll raise up a company of sons and daughters who rightly know who they are, who are empowered from conception so they rightly know who they are. We will unleash your power from conception, from the moment that they say, Jesus is Lord. We will release your power over their lives so that they rightly know who they are in you. Returning away from the days of me and Jesus. Returning away from the days of look at me. Returning away from platform Christianity to stand in line with a company of powerhouses. Those who know, those who are laying hold of the kingdom of heaven to see it advance. Jesus, right now, I release the baptism of fire over the people that are watching now or even later. Baptize our hearts, Lord. And bring about a union that we have never understood before. And right now we smash every high thing that is coming up against your plans. We smash every lie that is intended to isolate us and make us feel as though we are not part of this company. And we will be those who go after the ones that fall out of formation. Jesus, we are returning to this first love. We are in this band called Lovers of God. Fresh fire, Jesus. Fresh fire. Come in and burn up everything that is just about me. Come in and change our minds. Cause us to see the we. Us. Our. Jesus. Right now, just tell him. Tell him, I am part of your company. Tell him, make make a covenant with him right now and with the body of Christ. Make a covenant with him. I am part of this company that is moving forward, that is advancing the kingdom of God. Make covenant with him. Don't wait. Make covenant with him right now. I am part of this band of lovers. Make covenant. I want to read one one last spot of scripture, you guys. Because I feel like it's important. We're going to turn over to Psalm 58. We're going to start in verse 5. Psalm 58, verse 5. Yes, Pepper! I am part of this band of lovers advancing the kingdom of God. Yes! Oh, you guys, we are going, we're going to see great and marvelous things in our day. We are, we are Psalm 58, starting in five, like cobras closing their ears to the most expert of the charmers. You strike out against all who are near. Oh God, break their fangs, shatter the teeth of these ravenous lions. Let them disappear like water falling on thirsty ground. Let all their weapons be useless. Let them be like snails dissolving into the slime. Let them be cut off, never seeing the light of day. God will sweep them away so fast that they'll never know what hit them. 
This is what we have together, right? We have this kind of impact on the enemy. Because listen, the godly, do you hear? I want you to I want you to begin. When you read your Bible, I want you to begin to hear the, the overtones of company, right? Of us, of we, the lovers, okay? The godly will celebrate in the triumph of good over evil. And the lovers of God will trample the wickedness of the wicked under their feet. It's when we move as one that we're able to keep the enemy in his conquered place, defeated, right? It is only when we flow as a company of lovers that we're going to see that, right? And the lovers of God will trample the wickedness of the wicked under their feet. Then everyone will say, there is a God who judges the judges. And there is a great reward in loving God. There's a reason that we're returning to our first love. There's a reason that we're falling into line, that we're saying, I'm part of this company. I am moving forward in this kingdom mandate that is hitting the earth so powerfully right now. I'm part. Are you part? Are you one that is saying, this is me? Like, I see myself there. I am even bold enough to insert myself right? You guys, part of what he's talking about when he says, come boldly before my throne is inserting ourselves into a company as lovers of Jesus Christ. Do not be, listen, we talked on Sunday. We talked on Sunday about, uh, where were we? In Second uh, Samuel chapter six, where David is attempting to bring the Ark of the Covenant into, into Jerusalem. And we know first attempt was a failure. And, and I love, I love what he is, what, what the scripture is laying out because David first comes, you know, in his regalness as a king over Israel. Right. And, and he, he assembles a, a, a vast amount of people to watch this parade of carrying the presence of God into the Holy city. We know what happens. On the threshing floor, Uzzah, Uzzah, however you want to say his name, Uzz, he dies. He attempts to steady the presence of God and he dies. I won't get into that, but that's fun. Um, then David is like, God, what are you doing? Like he's angry with God. And and then we, we know that for, for months, he tucked the Ark of the Covenant away in someone's house. Then that home reaped the benefits of, of the, the presence of God being there. And David's like, okay, take two. We're going to do this again. But this time, you guys, he puts on priestly garments. He rightly dresses himself. And he assembles a company of people to usher in the Ark of the Covenant. They are no longer attenders of a parade watching from the sidelines. They're in it. They're in it. They're part of the company that is ushering in the presence of God. And we know that David is dancing like a fool, right? He's crazy. He's lost his ever loving mind. We need to be those too right? We need to be those who are like so outside of ourselves in ecstasy, like Paul says, that we lose ourselves as lovers of God to take on the nature of Christ. But what we know is that his wife, Saul's daughter, is standing by judging. She's standing by judging this procession, this army that is bringing in, ushering in the presence of God. And she stands by. She refuses to insert herself. She refuses to look foolish before the Lord. And scripture tells us that she never gave birth. She never bared the seed to, to increase her lineage. She never, she never had children. She never had offspring because she was unwilling to insert herself into the company of those who are ushering in the presence of God. Don't be that person. Don't be that person. It's false humility. 
It is. And we've, we've flowed in that for way too long. We're going to smash that right now. False humility. You have to go. We are going to be those who are rightly humble before the Lord. And we are going to, to insert ourselves in as the company of those who are ushering in the presence of the Lord. Be bold, you guys. Be bold. We have to. Bold and courageous. All throughout Joshua, God, in the first chapter alone, first 10 verses, he is told to be bold and courageous like five times because of what it was that God was asking him to do. It was going to take bold courage. We have to become those who are audacious. Okay. God is not worried about you usurping his power or his glory. Okay. He's actually looking for those who are audacious enough to believe that what he said is true, that we are those who will house his glory. And we, how do you think that the whole world is going to be covered with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord? How do you think that's going to happen? That is released from us. Mm -hmm. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord is going to cover the whole earth because it's released from the sons and daughters of glory who are audacious enough to take their rightful place. Yeah. So if you're one of the people that's that's declaring you are part of this band advancing the kingdom, then you need to get with Holy Spirit today. Don't wait and say, search me, God. Mm. Invite the correction and be excited about it. Yeah. Because in the correction, there is forward movement. There is mm. growth on the backside of that. And from there, invite the company of people that you are in oneness with to hold yeah. you accountable to that. Yeah. Do it today. Don't yeah. wait. Yeah. No, gosh, that's so good. And, 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 and here's the deal, you guys, like even we need to become those who are hungry for the correction, right? <laughs> Instead of like being those who like shy away thinking that, oh my gosh, he's going to out me. No, he's refining you, right? He's refining you. And here's the deal. Like the, the enemy doesn't want you to be part of this. He doesn't. He, he's going to give you every out possible. He's even going to open up doors for you as the, the chicken line, right? Anybody ever been to a, um, a, a roller coaster line? You get, you get up there. And, and, you know, if you're anything like me, <laughs> the chicken line becomes very appealing at certain points. And you're like, am I going to do it? Am I going to do it? Am I going to do it? Am I going to stay in? Am I going to stay in? Am I going to get on? Shoot, I'm even on the thing and I'm going, am I going to stay on? Am I going to stay on? <laughs> Don't use the chicken line. Stay in it. Stay in the fire. It's going to get hotter. It is. It's going to get hotter. But that's okay. You guys, we, we are created to withstand the heat of the Lord. It's okay. We are, we are to be living sacrifices, right? We're, we're to be alive, but burning. Yeah. We are alive, but burning. Living flames of love. That's who we are. So don't shy away from the correction. Because there's comfort in his discipline. Psalm 23 tells us so. Your rod and your staff are a comfort to me. Say that. Say that over yourself right now. Let that be the confession to prepare you to walk into the examination of Holy Spirit today. Like Vince said, your rod and your staff are a comfort to me. Mean it. Feel it. Okay. Yes, Chris. I want your correction more. Don't hold back. I give you full access to every part of my heart. Give me a heart of fresh love. Yes. Yes. Give me a heart of flesh and love. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Remove the only heart. Who else? Who else wants to confess something right now? We'll stay on. This is important. Come on. Yes. Yes. Come on. What is it that you're doing? How are you inserting yourself? 
waiting. We're going to wait right here. This is important. You're important. I want you here. I see you here. How are you inserting yourself? Come on, make a declaration. I know it takes time to type. Hmm. Hmm. Guys, it's important. You need to make a prophetic declaration right now of who it is that you are. I step aside, Lord, so that you can move through me. Yes, I'm inserting myself with more audacious prayers. Mm-hmm. I'm staying in the fire in the chamber room of his love. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, Lisa, I just hear God saying, fall in line. Fall in line. Be there, but also be a part of the company. Whoa. Lisa, that's really important. Don't remove yourself from the company. Stay in it. You are part. Who else? Hmm. Chris, I just see, um, (laughs) I see a lion, a lion just violently breaking out of your chest. I feel like God is calling you um, Lionheart. And, and you have shied away from a boldness that, that he's put on you, that it's, it's actually what it feels like to me is it is just natural for you to be, to be bold. And for whatever reason you have held that part of yourself hostage and, and, and because of the violent nature of what it is that I'm seeing where this line is just like ripping himself out from your chest, like you don't have a choice in it right? Like he's coming out no matter what. So I just feel like the invitation for you is to yield to it and, and that there is a roar that is going to come from the heart, but you need to connect your, your mouth with it, with your heart. Hopefully that resonates. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. Are you hearing anything, Vince? Uh, no, not right now. Okay. You want to pray us out? Give us a good apostolic prayer. Yeah. All right, Lord. Thank you so much for what you've released here today. Hmm. And again, Lord, we ask you, we invite you. We are excited for you to search us, for you to bring us into correction for whatever it is. Thank you, Jesus. Let us capture that. Let us take it into the oneness that we share. Thank you. Let us remember what it is that you are bringing us into and what you are correcting so that we can carry that to future generations. Thank you, Jesus. Let us step boldly and courageously into what it is that you're calling us into. Mm. Regardless of whether or not we see our actions as perfect, let us take them anyway. Yeah. And then move in this perpetual corrective training that you have for us in your love. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Yeah. I, you guys, while Vince was praying, I just, I heard the words and I don't talk like this, so I don't know why it's coming out all King Jamesy, but I just heard the father say, judge not thyself. That when we, when we set ourselves up to be judge over our own intentions, that's, that's when we start to shrink back and, and that's an improper use of God's power. So if you want to, if you want to, to talk about usurping God's glory, that is not for you. Okay. Judge not thyself. That is not your job. 
you need to run and trust that he is going to halt you. Like you are bridled. He has you bridled. You're okay. He, you're in the training. You're in the hands of the Lord. So do not step in and begin to judge yourself because that is what is going to, that is what's going to invite, honestly, the voice of the liar. And he will come in and he will steal, he will kill, and he will destroy what it is that God has intended for your life. Judge not thyself. Keep that door shut. That's not for you. Trust God that he has you. He knows your measure. He knows your metron. He will keep you in sync with him. So do not fall into beginning to judge yourself and your own intentions. Only he can search your heart. You actually are terrible at it. Okay. Guys, wait, I long to step out of defeat, pressure, conflict to victory. And I do that with a roar. Yes, yes, yes. Chris, I'm just going to say right now that as a company of kingdom people, we need your roar. Mm-hmm. we need your, we want your roar. Come and stand beside us. We want your roar. Okay. Yeah. All right, guys have a fantastic week. And you know, if you see something while you're, while you're allowing Holy spirit to examine you return, come back and tell us about it in the comments. We pay attention and, um, and, and we'll interact with you there because we love interaction. Um, so anyway, we bless your week. Thank you for being on with us. We love the participation too. And we just douse you in the blessings of Mm -hmm. the Lord. Thank you guys. Love you.